Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans. As we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome to The View from the Gladys Street podcast brought to you on the Royal Blue, Acast and iTunes channel. It's a very special show this week and not because we are going to talk about a rare Everton away win, but our first guest, Conor O'Neill, celebrates his birthday today. Hello, Conor. You all right? Afternoon, Ian. Happy birthday, how are things? Thank you very much, mate. I'm all right, yeah. Have you been a whole year, A whole year older than the last time. How old are you? No, I'm not saying how old I am. Oh, you're not revealing no, now? No. All right, that's fair enough. I'll let you off then. But you have been gallivanting around Barcelona, as discussed on the last uh, podcast. How was your trip? Very good. Very good. I saw the uh, the genius in action that is Lionel Messi. He backed himself another hat-trick while I was uh, over there. And I mean, for anyone who's who's thinking about going or has never been, I, I would recommend going just, just to watch him play more than anything because it's incredible. I mean, you think he's good on the television. And you think he's good when you know you see the highlights, reels, and stuff like that. But when you see him in action live, and you know he's, he's doing his magic, and you know there's times where he doesn't touch the ball for ten minutes, and you forget he's even playing, and then he'll just out of nothing create something, and it's just it's a truly memorable experience to watch him play. Did you manage to have a word and bring him to Goodison Park? No, or? no, not quite. And I mean, it was been a perfect time because we had just collected an away win, so yeah. there's no better time to sell a club to someone <laughs> is to then, you know, collect, <laughs> have to collect an rare away win. Have all the games to go and watch Lionel Messi, him score a hat trick must have been amazing. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 just something else. I mean, like I say, until you go and you see him live and in the flesh, you don't you, you don't properly appreciate him. I think yeah. in some respects, but then when you do see him in the flesh and you see him live, you. You almost appreciate him more than when he did before. And I mean, for me, he's always been the best player in the world. I think, and it's, it's just it is something else when you go and watch him. I mean, it's something else going to that stadium as well because it's it's like a coliseum. You know, it's the way it's built, the way it's you know the architecture of it. And yeah. you know, we were fortunate that it was, it was a nine o'clock kickoff at night, so the lights were on. It was you know quite the atmosphere and stuff was was, was good. You know, so it was a yeah, it was it was a worthwhile trip. That most definitely sounds amazing. Our second guest, and he makes it extra special as well this week, <laughs> and he makes an appearance finally after an Everton win. It's Ben Crawford. You all right, Ben? I'm all right, thanks, mate. The case has been broken. Has I been could broken. Not, I could not have not had you on the podcast after an Everton. I know, win. I couldn't believe it. As soon as the final whistle went, I was straight on the phone to his wasn't I going, there you go. It's, it's gone. Case is gone, so we're going to win every game after a month now. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's what I like to hear. Hopefully we can do. Um, I'll be your host, Ian Crawl, and unfortunately there's nothing very special about me. However, I will be asking the questions and Connor and Ben will hopefully be providing us with some decent answers. On today's agenda, it's pretty straightforward. We've obviously got the international break coming up, but we have got plenty to talk about. We're going to talk about Moise Keane. We're going to talk about the away win at Southampton. We're going to talk about the resurgence of Tom Davis. And I'm going to ask the lads to give a point prediction for November and December. A um, couple of games coming up, obviously, going to be thick and fast. Norwich, Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal, Burnley and Newcastle, all in the league um, before the turn of the year. And then towards the end, I'm going to ask the lads what they think we will get from a possible 
available. Um, so, all right, lads, we, we will we will discuss Southampton because obviously we won. It's a positive, but the the talking point this week, Connor, we'll we'll, we'll start with with you. Moise Keane left out of the the match day squad for Southampton due to a second breach of club regulations. We found out that it was because he was late for the team meeting for the second time. Um, he's apologised since. But what what have, what have you made of it? It just doesn't look good, does it? I think more than anything, it just doesn't look good. It doesn't doesn't paint Moise Keane in a very good light either because this is, you know, a reoccurring theme a little bit because obviously, you know, he was he suffered with the international setup with Italy, hasn't he, due to the lateness and punctuality. So it doesn't look good for him. It's certainly not good for Silva and the club that he's having to do because obviously he's under pressure anyway. So if he's got players who, you know, seemingly just, you know, taking the mick and showing him anyone, that, that's never good for a manager. So it's just... Just doesn't paint anyone in a very good picture, does it? Doesn't paint him in a good picture. You no, know, it paints the picture of a, of a club who, uh, you know, don't really want to be in that position where they're having to ultimately exclude players from match day squads because of, of breaches. You know, and you, you then question, you know, would it, would it was was we aware that there was an attitude problem, maybe, or you know, a, a couple of problems before we signed him and stuff like that. Um, and again, you no, know, it, it kind of does him no favors because the one thing I noticed most keen is there's been a lot of sympathy out there for him. You think back to the, the Watford game and in the Carabao Cup when obviously, you know, he was playing the right wing and it didn't really work for him and he was taking off at half time and he was, you know, a bit of a backlash afterwards towards Marco Silva for, for sticking him out wide and, you know, obviously people had their own opinions but they seem a lot of sympathy for him. They do something like this and it's just something stupid. You know, it's it's, it's stupid and it's it's preventable and, you know, it seems as though he's got a lot of lessons to learn very, very fast. If he is to, to to make it at the highest level, I mean Ben, he's, he's still very very young. He's only nineteen years old. I'm not really trying to make excuses for him, but it's the second time he's done it, as we understand now for, from what we've been told. But he has had issues with the national team as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he hasn't. To be fair, I think it'd be quite interesting to know behind the scenes whether that's linked in any way to sort of what I consider a lack of game time he's had this season. I'm surprised he's not played more than he has considering what we spent on him and also considering the other striking options at the club, to be honest. But it, as uh, as Connor said then, it is very concerning for me that it's happened twice and that it's took for him to be dropped from the squad, seemingly for him to react to it. Uh, in terms of his progress on the pitch, I... Um, at the Watford game when he was playing out of position and he got took off at half-time. I actually thought it was quite harsh on the player. But having looked back at how you wonder whether there is an underlying attitude problem. If there is, then it is really worrying considering we've invested so much time. And I think the fans have invested a lot of time in trying to bond with the player as well. So as long as this is sort of... As long as he learns his lesson and stops it, then onwards and upwards and put it behind us I mean would he have been in with a shout I mean of course he would have but would he, would he have been in the starting 11 for Southampton in your opinion anyway uh, well I think my opinions on Moise Keane probably differ from a lot of Evertonians I mean I think back to the last game I proper remember where he, I thought he had a really good game was Wolves at home he started up front and we won the game we played really well the game after that we played Bournemouth away two weeks later they dropped him from the team and I don't really understand why still to that because then we lost four games in a row and he's never really regained his place back in the start of eleven, and I sort of I don't know whether that's ha- again that could have been linked to this these sorts of attitude problems, but I don't know whether or not that was the right thing to do at the time. Maybe all of this needs ironing out quickly over this two weeks. He's got to try and make the best for the player. Really, I mean, Connor, the decision to actually drop him completely from the squad was probably quite quite easy. I mean, it's the second time he's done it, so it is bang out of order anyway. But 
what what I mean by that is he's not in form. Is he's not in goal scoring form? If he was banging him in left, right, and centre, would it have been slightly different? Do you think Silva would have maybe let that go and said? Well, well I think I think we wouldn't really then seen what Marco Silva's intentions are if that would have been the case, because I think if he'd have been banging him in left, right, and centre, he would have took the decision to to drop him. If it would have been seen as a bold one, in the sense of it was a, a must-win game for, for Silva and Everton at the weekend. I think the fact that he hasn't has made his decision a lot easier because it's kind of, you know, I think it, it was quite telling for me with Moise Keane and Spurs, the way Zentosin and Calvert-Lewin mm-hmm. given the nod before he was, which almost tells you now that he's fourth choice centre-forward at the club because, you know, Charleston's been leading the line in recent weeks. Then it was seemingly Calvert-Lewin and then a toss-up between Moise Keane and, and Zentosin. It now appears that Tosin has leapfrogged Calvert-Lewin in the rankings and become the second choice centre forward so for me I think he's now fourth choice centre forward and I think it was just made easy for him by the fact that he could drop him he hasn't you know has he, has he scored this season yeah. he's still he's still looking for his first goal isn't he I know he's yeah. got two assists I think or one, one assist yeah. and so it, it kind of is easy for him and you know maybe this answers a lot of questions as to why we've not seen much of him you know is his attitude maybe a bit poor in training we, we don't know but there's, there's seemingly something there for him not to be getting the minutes and the looking that we perceive that he would be getting when we signed him, even off the bench with them. And I think you look at this, you know, the, the Watford game when he came on with like 10, 15 minutes to go and he has a couple of good chances just for, you know, his pace and power and stuff. And you kind of the league one, the league game. The league game, yeah, to start the season. I think, you know, certainly I kind of left him going, maybe he's not ready to play a full 90 minutes, but he could have a good impact here going on with 10, 15 minutes to go when we're chasing the game or, you know, we're... we're, we're we're playing on the counter because we, we've got a whole a lead to maintain. I think maybe this explains why we've not seen much of Moise Keane. And I agree with Ben. I think things he needs to sharpen up quick because he's not done nothing yet to kind of really kind of stake a claim and say, well, he deserves a chance because he hasn't really shown. I know, obviously, like I say, there was a lot of sympathy for him when he was put on the right wing, but in terms of playing up top, you've yet to really see anything, aren't you? Where you think, well, you know what? You can see what he was trying to do there. You can see this. It's been a little bit stop start for him, and maybe that's why it's been stop start because he's got problems behind the scenes. I mean, Ben Connor says he's got to sharpen up quick. So, yeah. how much time do we give Keane then? Uh, I think it's difficult because the problem I have, and when I've discussed this sort of with my friends and that, of uh, the problem we've got is we other clubs look at our striker options and they don't look great on paper. And I think we've all said, you know, previously on the podcast, we we needed that striker in the summer that could come in and score goals. But the fact is, people looking at it going, oh, you've signed that lad from Juventus. If he's not getting ahead of Calvert-Lewin, so there must be something wrong. And to be fair, I've I actually, I've actually seen a few flashes where I've thought he looked quite promising. I think, I remember his first start was in the League Cup against Lincoln. He took a couple of players on and hit the post with a hell of a shot. And to be honest, I always think back to that now and say, if that had gone in, would we have seen a different Moise King? Because he looks to me like he, he's low on confidence. And I don't think that's when I referred before back to the Watford substitution I don't think that's helped them and okay if there's stuff going on behind the scenes then I think we need to know about because in terms of how much time you give him um, I think he needs to run the team I'll be honest and maybe this run in December is not ideal because we're, because of the teams we're playing and the amount of away fixtures we've got in such a short time but I, I actually think we've missed the trick 
in giving him a run of games early on in the season against the lower opposition. Like I referred to before with the four games we lost in a row after the Wolves game, I don't think he should have dropped out the team after the Wolves game. I think he should that should have been his opportunity to have four or five games in a row in the team and who knows, we won't know now but to answer your question, he's got to sharpen up quickly because we know what Everton could be like if people turn on a player who doesn't like the pulling the weight. Well, I think it's quite telling as well, isn't it? You know, there's already reports out there. You know, there's a couple of clubs in Italy who, who, yeah, who, who monitor them and, you know, could have seen on the cards we didn't sell And this is ultimately what happens when, you know, these things, you know, this, this, this type of this story gets out and the rumours start circulating. And you can't afford now to be, to face any more discipline actually because you, you can't have a player who's, you know, Potentially a year into his his reign, you know, his his, his reign, and he's you know he's, he's already been dropped off the match squad because he's been late. You know, it's you you've got to sharpen up and you've got to show. You know, the one thing about Evertonians, you know, you think back to people like Dennis Strakulace, you know, there's, they weren't technically gifted. They weren't the best players. I loved him. You know, in the I world. absolutely loved that man. But but because he worked hard, he ran through brick walls seemingly for the club. You know, Evertonians loved him. So Keane's got to show that type of willing. You no, know, even if it's not working for him. He's got to show that type of will and that, that bit of aggression and that bit of you know fight. And if he does that, then he'll probably go on to have a, a great career out of it and potentially mm-hmm. higher because he has got potential. He has, he has got talent, and maybe we do need to realise that he is only nineteen and he's, he's living in a. I think it would have been more acceptable this if it was just the first instance, and he, he said around to well, you know, you said around to well, he's nineteen, he's living in a foreign country by him, seemingly by himself. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a big culture change for him living in England from Italy. You know, everything's different, you know, maybe they just lose track of time twice. But I think the fact he's got a previous for it with the, his national side mm. and he's already suffered these consequences, there's kind of no excuse now because it's not like it's his first or second offence. He's done it multiple times now, so for me there's no excuse, but maybe you've got to give a little bit more brain space because of his age than what you potentially was a, a more senior figure. I mean, it's easy for me to say this, it- in hindsight, because of the way things have gone, but was he the right buy, Ben, for, for us in the summer? Because um, <laughs> it, it's looking a lot with what's gone on over the past couple of weeks and his form. It's looking, it's looking a very strange buy, isn't it? Yeah, to be fair, I thought it was very strange at the time. Um, I think what's happened with our recruitment there. I think we've been looking at other options. I think Manzukic was alluded to earlier in the summer, but so we were looking at what I perceived to be the right idea, which was as you've alluded to before, a red, recognised ready number nine. But I think basically what happened was. When it became known that he was available at the price he was, I don't think Everton thought about it too long. I think they just got in there before another team went in because he was, you know, we've known about his potential the last 12 months. He's been on the scene for Juventus. And I think there'd be a, there would have been a lot of teams sort of starting to bid more around him because, just because of the pure potential of the player. And with hindsight, maybe it wasn't right for us this season. It may turn out to be long-term a good buy, but the signs so far to me are that you've either got to give him a run of games and then make a decide make a decision on him. Or if you're gonna sort of give him this first season as a write off to sort of get used to the club, then we should have bought someone else as well. Because mm. yeah, even now, as much as you know, we've got nothing against the three main strikers we've got in Tosin, Calvert Loon and Keane. I don't think if we had ambitions of qualifying for Europe this season, which we could still do, because only three points off fifth, I don't think they're the right, they're the right options for us at the moment. I mean, we haven't had the luxury, have we, Connor, of you know bringing them on when we've been two 0 up, three 0 up, where you know things are going well, and you know, you know, 
you might be able to see some of his better flair play. He's literally been thrown in at the deep end from on, on some occasions where the team's just not been playing well. The fans have been on the team's back. It's not it's not it's not been an ideal situation just to make a case for his defence, really. No, no, I think you're right, and I think that, that is the issue, isn't it? I think, you know, the the problem seemingly with him has has been that in many respects. You know, it's it's been a case of we've not been able to kind of, you know, Different out the team, give them run. I mean, even like you know the Carabao Cup games that we've played, they've been so big that you, you could. Well, it's you, almost it's just you, a must win. Like you, 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 you yeah. haven't been able to you know rotate the team or mix it up and stuff like that. And I I I feel a little bit sorry for him in some respects. I, I really do. I think it's been a he's probably been a little bit harshly judged. Maybe we I both think. disagreed, didn't we, on the, the decision to take him off um, against, against Watford in the league? Yeah. Cup. Who yeah. said what? Well, Connor said it was. He was being used or misused, and he shouldn't have been. I don't. Know, did you say he shouldn't have been taken off? I saw Silver done no favors by playing yeah. right wing. But I said, I said, well, I can't believe an Everton manager is being criticised for making a game changer. Yeah, I can for see making, it. yeah, for basically making a game. Changer my my gripe wasn't with the substitute substitution. My gripe was the fact that he starts on the right wing and then dragged them be, off be, for behind James Coleman, mm. which yeah. I thought was you know you just asking you know we, we spoke on air about the season pro wingers we've got who struggles with James Coleman behind them. Yeah. So to put a rookie. There, who's a 19 year old kid who's struggling anyway for form, mm-hmm. probably lacking a little bit of confidence mm-hmm. to put him there and sort of say, Right, well, no, get on with it. And it's not, it wasn't like a front three, like yeah. we originally thought it was going to be. Yeah. It was a fourth, a kind of four, four, two in the sense of he was on the right wing. I thought that was wrong on Silver's part. And I think that all kind of comes into the loop. I mean, in terms of whether he was the right or wrong signing. I actually feel sorry a little bit for the club because we could have brought him in and he could have started scoring goals for fun. And because we said, oh my God, what a nap that was for 35 million. I think in today's world, we, we you know we took a gamble, didn't we? But I think better lose the two a day. The, the kind of money we had available to buy a centre forward wasn't mega money. We looked at his potential and we thought, well, you know what, it's it's worth, it's, it's a gamble this. And then he signed to gamble. I mean, you know, the Fab, Fabian Delph, has shown real classes, real signs in games. But the, the, the opposite side of that gamble is we can't get him fifth for more than three games in a row. Mm. And he's injured again now. So that is that a gamble at the end of the season if he's only played 40% of the Premier League games? Would we say, well, that was that was a sign that's backfired and it's a gamble that's gone wrong because yeah. for as good as he's been in the 40 games, he's missed 60% of them. So it, it's all could have, would have, should have. I think, you know, and I think the one thing that as Evertonians we love doing is overanalyzing. Definitely situations and and you know <laughs> writing someone off or bigging someone up before it, it even really gets going really and I think you've got to give him time but he's got to improve his off field antics because there's no excuse for turning up late there's no excuse for for that type of behaviour you know he's a well paid professional Premier League footballer there's no excuse for stuff like that and that's where I think people will stop having sympathy for him because yeah you got sympathy for the on field stuff and that we can't really get him on the pitch. He struggled to get any form. He's, you know, he's probably lacking confidence. He's probably been at times this season thinking, "What, what am I doing here?" Mm. You know, you, you look at some of the performances <laughs> and, some, and some of the games. He's left Juventus, where you know they they, they dominate Serie A every year and they play Champions League football every year. And he's coming in. He's probably been thinking, "Wow, you know, like Spain away and stuff like that." He's, he's probably been blown away by what he's come into. But I think at the same time, the off, the off field antics, he can improve himself. And he can make that difference himself. I think there's definitely got to be a clear sense of patience as well. I mean, it would have been great, wouldn't it, if he'd come in and you know, blasted a couple of goals in and just not um, not stop scoring. But you know, 
not that I'm comparing him to some of these players that I'm going to mention, but look, look at players in the past like Jelovic and like further back than that, like Brian McBride, come in, scored like goal after goal after goal in the first first couple of uh, games, and then just, and then just stopped completely. I think he's only 19. He's he's gonna, you know, he definitely needs to improve his attitude, like Connor just said there. Hopefully, we don't just hit the panic button in January or even yeah. the summer and think we've got we've got to sell. And he's definitely got to have time, hasn't he? I, I think he needs to have time. To be honest, I think yeah. But the problem I have is football is very fickle these days, especially with social media. And, that. and I've got to be honest, Everton fans are normally one of the worst for it for writing people off straight away. And a bit like sort of soon Silver loses two or three games, everyone gets on gets on his back and wants him out. I worry that this lad's gonna get sort of hounded out the club not hounded out the club but I'm worried that people are going to start turning on him unnecessarily but I don't think people you know when we're losing games are not looking at him as a 19 year old striker they're looking at him as a 25-30 million pound striker and that's the problem and as much as I'd love to say yeah give him time but it seems to me unfortunately it's one of them moves where I think it'll either work pretty soon or it won't especially because he's coming to another country out how long is he going to sort of be out of his comfort zone like he is in his personal life moving over here and also not playing football. It doesn't it doesn't equate to me as how it's going to work unless they start getting something out of him pretty soon because otherwise, you you know, come January, if he's not really got on the score sheet before then, I'm going to be the first person there banging, banging the drum for we need another striker, to be honest with you. If that means letting somebody go, it wouldn't be much keen in my opinion, but... Then if you bring another striker in, he's further down the pecking order. What you do, just send him on loan. I just I don't know where they go with this if he doesn't pick up soon. Okay, well, that's a negative segment of the podcast over with. Let's talk about the Southampton win. Um, 2-1 win away from home. Uh, very surprising. Me and Ben were both negative in our predictions before the game, so we're going to be negative again next week when Every we predict uh, Norwich. But, Connor, the pleasing thing for me was that when we conceded, we didn't let it affect us. You know, we... Obviously, didn't come from behind, but we 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 stuck with it and we we managed to you know get the win. Yeah, absolutely, and you know it was a real must-win game. I know I know Marco Silva <laughs> seemingly said for a couple was. of weeks it's must-win, it's must-win, it's must-win, but that was the must-must-win of them all mm. um, because we would we went from Saturday morning potentially nervous looking over our shoulders. Southampton would have beat us very much. Sweating, I think, moving forward. So all of a sudden, we shot up the league table and are three points off fifth place now, which is you know seemingly incredible. You know when you think of how poor we've been for you know large spells of this season. I think that that was the big thing for me was the fact that I think the first half, by all accounts, we you know we we, we battered them and we, we we should have probably been more than one up. Um, and then second half, obviously, we've come out and we, we concede, and then you think, oh my god, here we go again. You know this is just. Marco Silver Everton take thirty four, you know, of the of the the chapter now of another away more away day woes. Like a saga, isn't it? Long you know, running, painful yeah. saga. This the, but the fact that we we got one and then we saw the game out as well is is really pleasing. And you know, I think Marco's potentially still stumbled across a new look team in many respects. Like Mason Holgate, Sidibe. Tom Davis, who I think we're going to touch on a little bit more in depth later. I think he's he's not really he stumbles across now some core players who, who are making the difference. You know, when you look at you know the impact Mason Holgate's had since he came into the team, Sadibe, Tom Davis, you know, it's it's there for all to see and probably players who are making an impact now you would say at the start of the season, no chance of making an impact. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean maybe Sadibe's side. You, you, you think of, you know, 
Holgate probably looked destined like he was going to leave the club if we were signed. Kurt two, Zuma. two assists now. Well, you think he probably would have left the club if we'd signed Kurt Zuma? We'd have managed to get Zuma over the line. You imagine Holgate probably would have left the club, maybe even on a permanent deal, if not alone. Tom Davis seemed looked an outcast, didn't he? I mean, you think back to Crystal Palace, the first game of the season where, you know, uh, Morgan Schneiderlin was sent off and we lost. Fabian Delph, yeah. uh, was it, oh, Gomez by off injured, didn't he? And he, he, opted, he opted to put Gabon on over Davis, who I think he'd done one training session, and, and, and two training sessions, and you know looked well, well off the pace, and you were kind of thinking to yourself, if Marco is putting someone who's on, who's clearly not 100% fit, clearly nowhere near the the races, ready, over someone like Tom Davis, who's been back since day one of pre-season, mm. you know, there's not, the writing is pretty much on the wall, but you know, we bounced back and, now we've got a bottle out and take it moving forward because after knowledge it is a, a tough, tough run of fixtures and we are going to need to be, you know, solid at the back in, in them games because we are coming up against teams who've got really, really good forward attacking players. I mean, Ben, I don't want to keep going on about like the VAR situation and our like you know issues that we've had over the past couple of weeks, but there has to be like a real sense of injustice. Um just because if we'd beaten or got those three points against Brighton we would have been fifth. <laughs> no, it's just and we'll mad, come on, it? We'll come on to how crazy the table is in a minute, but three points off fifth, and there's a, a game really that, through and all, you'd have to say, new through and all thoughts of our own, we should have won. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous, and you know, it's very nice of the FA to come out and release a statement uh, admitting they were wrong, thanks very much. Do we get respective points for that? Don't think <laughs> we do. So that's about as useful as a chocolate teapot. Well, we should be talking about a conse- second consecutive away win and that pressure that Marco And then Silva. that run from when Marco Silva, you know, went away after the Burnley game. We all thought he was gone. Either then come back, beating West Ham, beating Brighton, beating Watford, drawing against Tottenham. You know, you'd be looking at an incredible sort of run of form. And we would, yeah, we'd be sat here. I tell you what, when we go through the calculations of the points later, I'd have had a lot more points on the board if we were in that kind of form. <laughs> I'm not going to go into that yet, but um, it's, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, VAR's become such a subjective, I mean, every game's different. I mean, you watch the Liverpool game the weekend, every time. It, no two games are the same, that's the problem I have with it. I don't mind if they're going to come out and explain the rules to us, and they, they've just got to keep it consistent. Mm. And it's sort of, I, you know, at the start of the season on the first podcast I did, I said to you, every goal that goes in for us. I don't really. I only half-heartedly celebrate it because I think it's going to get cancelled out. I'm actually that bored with VAR. I forget about it now. Mm. I just forget about it and just try and enjoy the moment. And unless you're at home watching it on the telly, you know, as a spectator in the ground, you know, like like I'm sure you too, it's it's just not built for. It's it's only built for televised football, isn't it? I mean, let's talk about the table then because I've got a I've got a really good stat here, and I don't know if you've seen it. We've lost more games than we've won. No, no, I'll, <laughs> I'll read it out. So we are currently, how many games have we played? About 12, something like that. Well, we're, and three points off Sheffield United. Currently, as it stands, we're in fifth place. Um, so the stat is, for a comparison, the difference in the previous three seasons at this stage of the season. So 2016-17 was 13 points difference from where we are now to fifth. Yeah, I've seen it, yeah, I've seen it. 2017-18, nine points. And last season, 2018-2019, 15 points. Now, it just shows how crazy the league is this year, doesn't it? You would have thought those points tallies from, you know, any season, you're never catching fifth, fifth place. But 
well, literally three points, one win away from Sheffield United this season is is not over by any means whatsoever, is it? No, absolutely not. And I think that's why I think it's been so hard to be an Evertonian host this year because there's a real sense that we could achieve something if we get a little bit of run of form and a little bit of consistency in our play and our team selection because the league is so crazy. I mean, the only telling stat I think so far this season is that the, the top four could potentially run away. The top run four away. are the only ones that run away. Ones. I mean, you know, you, you look at you look at Leicester and they're closer to Liverpool than Manchester City are. Yeah. You know, I think I think City are fourth now, are they? Yeah. They are, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> if, that, if that's the benchmark of what you've got to catch <laughs> to get to fourth place. But Sheffield United fifth, didn't it? But that's, but that's what I'm yeah. saying. So I think you look at now, the, the, the top four is probably, if the top four carry on the way they're going, they're going to run away with it because if City ends up being the fourth best team in that of that pack, I don't think they will. But if they did, you, you're sweating. You're thinking, oh, well, we've got no chance of catching them. No. The, the the thing for fifth is, is bigger and I think you know you look at the fact of you know your Arsenal's your, your Tottenham's your Manchester United's the fact that they've struggled so much this season really does it's give a real team opportunity a missed, opportunity and I think the fact because we struggled and we look so laboured at times and we just we've thrown silly points away you, you sat there almost kicking yourself thinking you know, this is a real opportunity this season to, to really do something and have a go and we're just seemingly throwing it away you know and that's that's what I think being the most frustrating part of it out of them all. And I think when you look up VAR, you know, in my opinion, I think the club should have been doing a lot more kicking off than what they have done. Mm. I think you know the fact that when the, the Premier League come out and say we got it wrong, well, the, 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 we should be asking questions saying well, why did you get it wrong? Why why was it given then? If if, if that's been given and it's wrong, why why was it given? What was the explanation? Because ultimately, that's what all the top teams do. They get explanations. They, they fight the corner, and you know. I think Marco spoke to me about you know respect and you've got to respect the referee's decision. That that's absolutely fantastic. But when Marco's at, you know getting sacked in two weeks time because results have gone against him and you know the points are on the board, will he be you know he should, he should be looking back then saying well actually that's it's cost me a job really because like you say there it's after Burnley when you know I I for one felt we should have you know sacked him after Burnley because mm-hmm. it looked like there was no return. He could have potentially returned with went over went over Brighton went over West Ham. Draw with Spurs, and then a win over Southampton plus progression in the Carabao Cup. That would be some turnaround, <laughs> you know. Well, you, yeah. ba- you basically got you basically you, you, basi- you basically got you basically gone the month. But what I'm saying is, though, it's that Brighton, the VAR Brighton. We then capitulate. It's then back to the here we go again. You know, Marco Silva's Everton. You know, crumble when it matters most, and because mm. you know Norwich next next game after international break, Norwich is is a big one. You know, <laughs> let's face it, it's a must win. Yeah, it is, it is must win because <laughs> you know if if. If if we were to get beat by them, you're back at square one, aren't you? Especially then going into the run of games we've got in terms of the month for who we were up against, the he would be under big pressure. So from I don't think the pressure is fully off Silver yet, I'll be honest. Because I think you look at, you know, if you only if you only scrape past Norwich, but then you take a couple of hammerings against like Liverpool and Leicester, suffer defeat against Arsenal, Man Man United, Leicester get knocked out the Carabao Cup by all of a sudden you kind of look and go, we're back, we're back at square one, we're back down, and only at the, the bottom of the table. So, yeah. I don't think the pressure's fully off, but he could have been in a lot better position if Vardis had gone his way. Is is the closeness in points for the whole table one of the reasons why Marco Silva has, has kept his job? Do, do you think the hierarchy of Everton <coughs> has looked at that and thought, 
well, if we can pick up a couple of wins, then we're you know yeah. we're, we're not back up the table because we're not. But you know we're very we're very close because if it was like a, a fifteen point gap, as as compared to that start last season, do you think you would have like the hierarchy would have been thinking we're actually in trouble here? Well. I think to be fair, the table at the moment, the points totals every team's got says a lot more about the rest of the league than it does about Everton. I don't think you know, if we were to win the next game and go fifth, I don't think that would be us deserving to go fifth. I think that would be as a result of how poor the league is. Because we've you know, we could say about VAR and all that, we've not looked good enough to be a top five team this season. Not not in any way really. In terms of what Machiri and Ken Wright think about Marco Silva's future, I genuinely sort of haven't changed my opinion from when we discussed on the podcast and we said that it's the lack of alternative out there. I do genuinely think if someone who wanted the job was available, I think we'd have gone for, I think, after, like you said, Connor, I think after the burn the game, you'd have gone. I think at that point at the burn the game, they've reassessed their options behind closed doors and had a little bit of a look about what's around. Um, you know, apart from David Moyes, you know, going on TalkSport and telling everyone how much he loves Everton and Mark Hughes, Liverpool, fans put Mark Hughes' name everywhere um, It there was nobody out there who we could realistically have got so I think that more than the table would do because you think about like a bit of a cliche but new manager bounce if we'd got a new manager and won a couple of games we would be up there but then I just don't think that manager's out there yet and I don't think it's anything really to do with the table to answer your question though OK um, let's move on to the next segment the resurgence of Tom Davis the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The View from the Gladys Street podcast. Connor, at a time when really we did need it most. Um, what have you made of it? I mean, he scored first goal in 18 months, has taken a lot of, a lot of criticism, um, hasn't he? But what have you made of it? I've been really impressed with him. I think you've actually got to praise the attitude and, and what he's done and what he's, you know, what he's really brought to the... You know, to, to to the table. I think he was kind of almost, you know, entering you know last chance scenario by default. I think more than anything because because of our lack of numbers and because of what we had available. But no, I think for what he's done, for what he's shown, for what you know, for everything that he, he's brought to the table. You know, the almost composed midfield look was when him and Gomez were were at the heart of it. It seems to have the right balance. It seems to have the right, you know bit of everything really that we've missed and a bit of everything that we've needed so yeah I think he's done really well and no long may continue because you know you want local homegrown players to succeed at your club you know you, 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 that's what every football fan loves don't they see the local lad do well I think the local lad tag has, has kind of maybe done no favours in the past as well but maybe a little bit more pressure on him than what he probably should have been under but the way he's bounced back though and it's been must have been tough for him as well because you know this time well not this time last year but you know, about sixteen months ago, he's captain Everton at the Emirates. You know, he was he was leading Everton out at the Emirates. So he's gone from cap, captain, you know, captain material, you know, the focal point of the Full team. Circle. To to you know, last January I think he was linked with a move to Celtic on loan. This summer he was seemingly the outcast. He was given bits bits and bobs here and there. I think he played one friendly at right back just to seemingly look to get him in the team. So He's done well to stick at it. He's obviously got the right attitude. I mean, we talked about Moise Keane's attitude, and it's a bit, you never hear anything like that with Tom Davis. He, you know, he's obviously kept he's his head down, he? kept That's his head, kept he his head down, worked hard, and he's getting his rewards now. And hopefully, you know, it'll continue because our midfield options are very, very short at the minute. Yeah. You know, the, 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 let's, let's face it, it's Delph when he potentially returns, Davis and Snyder, and, and that's it. You know. 
Gababan, I don't think we're going to see till the new year. Gomez, I don't think we'll see till next season. If I know there's talk that it could be either expected, but I don't think it'll be next till next season. So, you know, you, and now you look at it, it's got a real big chance to shine in the, in the upcoming games in December as well. I mean, you, you mentioned the captaincy there, but at the time it was a strange decision, wasn't it, to make him captain? Yeah. Well, it seemed a strange decision, but I did say I did say this when it, when it happened and everyone was like, why is he making him captain? Which, again, I agree, it was a strange decision. Do you think he's he's come through it as a better better person, as a better player, because of what's happened for experience? I don't, I don't know, because you don't really see that much about him, do you? I mean, mm. whenever you, you hear his interviews and stuff, and he just seems very... Cool, calm, classic. Just yeah. you know, he's ever changed that. Is that to me? Never has never seemingly changed. You know, it's never, never really looked anything different than what yeah. when he first started out scoring against Manchester City. So I don't really know if the captaincy has any impact on him. I just felt the surprise with the captaincy. I was normally when you see a youngster given the armband, like Tom Davis was in that position, they kind of they're the, the focal points of the team. They're going to be if the long run. You know, they, they, you, you think of like you know Declan Rice at West Ham. You know Steven Gerrard at Liverpool previously. You know them them type of players who were pretty much here for the long run. No, I know what you mean. You know, yeah. and and I don't think anyone ever felt that with Tom Davis, even when he was given the armband and he was playing. No one ever felt ever really thought, well, yeah, you know, he's he's going to be a main point of Everton's team because even then he was question marks over. You know, some people were it was devised on his impact and what he brings to the table. So it's I, I still sorry to interrupt, but still. Not quite sure what type of midfielder he is. No, like, and what I, he actually. But, but, actually, to the but team I actually think, I actually think that has helped him alongside Gomez, though, mm. because I think Gomez is is very regimental in the way he plays. You know, he, he gets on the ball, he likes to make things happen. He, he likes to play central in the middle of the park. Davis is kind of a bit of the loose chick, you know, the headless chicken, loose cannon yeah. model. But it works between the two because he gets eats the ground up that you know potentially Andre doesn't do. So it's it's the right balance, and I think you know. Ultimately, with Tom Davis, it, you need someone. You know, you almost need a, a kind of a Paul Bracewell, Peter Reid partnership from you know the eighties, where one is you know kind of like the midfield enforcer, runs around, gets stuck in, and the other one's the ball playing, creative man. And I think Tom Davis fits the bill of you know getting stuck in, getting around the pitch. He just needs someone alongside him who can you know be the creative. And with him, with him and Andre Gomez, that that was the perfect blend. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves, Ben. He's done well, hasn't he? But there's still a lot for him to to do. And that this is where I, I feel this season, moving on to next season, if he keeps his place and keeps getting chances, that we need to figure out what type of player that he he's going to be. Is he going to be, you know, an attacking, you know, number ten? Is he going to be sitting back and going to be a ball winner? At, at the moment, I just can't see it. He seems to be like a mixture of a lot of things. You know what I mean? I mean yeah. He goes and scores a header. Against Southampton, not many midfielders like that score headers. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think that's funny enough. That was the that's the side of his game that I really want to see improve. To be honest, I think you know, alluding to what Connor said there, I agree. I think he's drinking in the last chance saloon. To be honest, in terms of his you know a long term Everton career, and I think although it's horrible to happen with Andre Gomez, it has given Tom Davis an opportunity. Now another opportunity to me seemed to present itself last season at the end of the January transfer window where we played, I think it was Huddersfield, we played away and we all thought this game was leaving. And I actually, to be fair, I was banging on saying the season's pretty much, for me at the time, we were on a bad run, it's sort of gone, we weren't going to qualify for Europe. So I was on board with, if it just a game wants to leave, let him go and give Tom Davis six months to, that's his last, that was his last chance then, six months to run in the team, see how he goes. But it's, you know, by a whole by crook, it's happened again. It's this time, this is... 
I'm not saying it's his last chance to to make a career event because you know he's always been a willing runner and a willing squad player. But if he wants to be the player we need him to be, that's this is he's got to seize this opportunity. And so far he has. And the one thing that I've always bemoaned with Everton, especially the last few years, but even going back to sort of where the Martinez days of playing like two old midfielders, we don't have enough for me central midfielders who score goals. I don't think we've ever had it. I think last no. season, Andre Gomez got one. Probably. Just a gay. got one. look at and I mean, he, he was a, a central midfielder as such, but he ended up being a second striker, Tim Cale. Oh, yeah, Tim Cale was, was fantastic. And yeah, like I said, I, I wasn't sort of classing him in that mould, to be honest, even, because I, I did... Yeah, he, I think he invented a position himself in that Davis Moyes team. But I think that's always something we've always lacked, is, a, is that goal-scoring midfielder. And I'm not talking about a player necessarily who has to hit him from 30 yards and score absolute screams every week. But like when he got on the end of that Mason Holgate header the other day, someone who can be, maybe that's what is a box-to-box midfielder where his energy will get him further up the pitch as the game goes on. Mm. And he gets on the end of scrappy chances like that because if he, we can get our central midfielders contributing more goals pound for pound, we'll need less less reliance on someone like a Moise Keane who we could then benefit a bit more time to. Okay, fair enough. Um thought we'd end the podcast on a bit of a quirky point prediction for the rest of 2019. Um, we've obviously got a break, international break this weekend, but after that, it's literally games come thick and fast, aren't they? Um, so it's going to be sometimes two games a week, including a, a Carabao Cup League game. We, we won't include this one because obviously that's a cup game, but out of a possible 24 points available um, for the rest of 2019, Connor. Who, sorry, how many points do you think we will get? So we play Norwich, Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal, Burnley and Newcastle. 24 points available. You can go through each individual game if you want, or you can just give us a a point total for what you think Everton will achieve. I think they'll get 11 in total. 11. So where where are we getting those points? Three at home to Norwich. Yeah. Nothing against Leicester. Yeah. Nothing against Liverpool. Standard. <laughs> then is it, was it Chelsea? After? Chelsea, yeah. Nothing against Chelsea. Then who, who's Man United, United away? Man United, a point. Yeah. Arsenal. Home. Nothing. Nothing? A home? What? No. So nothing. I'm, I'm adding this up as I go along. Uh, yeah, 11 points. Uh, Emery won't be there. That's why. Emery won't be in charge. Look by at then. you. Look, that's, yeah, that's, that's, head there. Emery won't be in charge. I'll have a new manager by then. Okay, so Arsenal, no points. No. Nope. Burnley, Newcastle then? Four. Mm. So. A win, a win against Burnley will draw at Newcastle. So three, four, seven, eight. How many did you say? 11. Is that right? Yeah. Three, four, seven. I've only got eight there. Did you, I thought you said 11. 11 points. Fourth from the last two games. Yeah. So we've got three, three against, against Norwich, Norwich. None against Leicester. None against Liverpool. None against Chelsea. One against United, did you say? Yeah. So that's only four. Then you said nothing against Arsenal. And you said beat Burnley, three. So that's seven. And Newcastle, 1.8. So that's worse than what you said. I don't know, I've miscalculated this. See, that's why I'm not a maths teacher or involved in any maths. So my maths are that bad, I've had to write mine down in advance, to be honest. You can I all got, see me sat here with like a, a scrumbled up sheet of paper. I, I've, I've got mine down. So are you going for eight points? Eight, yeah. God, that's horrendous, isn't it? Well, to be fair, I did 
didn't know we were counting the Norwich game. I've only gone the December one, so I'll have go to recalculate, on. but I can just about manage this one in my head. Um, go on. 11 points, including 11. the Norwich game. Yeah, I'll run through them if you wish. So, Norwich win. Hang on, hang on. Norwich win. I've got them all, I've got them all mixed up here, so... <laughs> Uh, right, there we go. So, a Norwich win. Yep. That's three. Yeah. Leicester, none. None. Liverpool, none. None, <laughs> yeah. Chelsea, one. Okay. United away, none. We'll lose at United, we always do. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal, I think we'll win. At home. Three. Burnley, I think we'll win at home. And Newcastle, I've got us down to draw. And then a massive underlined statement saying City away afterwards, definitely zero. So, what, 11 points, three, four, Including the knowledge game, should seven. be 11. Yeah, that's 11. And Connor's gone for eight. Do you want to say what I got? Three. See, I don't want to be positive, because every time I'm positive... No, no, take, like, half whatever you've done. This, this, is, the, this is the rule now. We've got to be negative, because <laughs> Everton conspire against whatever we say so just say we'll lose them all and then we'll win okay well do you know what I said 17 what 17 <laughs> where have you got 17, 17 points from 17 have you got us to I've like beat Liverpool very, or something I've been very very positive very positive I might uh, have to change it now I'll be honest if you've got us to beat Liverpool I haven't got or United Liverpool. away I'll be checking what we see you've got so, a bottle of water to be honest I've taken into account the home games and the fact that we're very strong at home so yeah yeah I get that I've got Norwich three points Got Leicester one. You got yeah, and we'll get a draw. Fair Leicester. Yeah, yeah, I think they're flying. To be honest, I think we might beat them in the cup. Just the point. We beat them there last season, was it? Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, oh. that was know, before. Diff- that was before Rodgers right, was there, though, wasn't it? That's right. <laughs> Four points there. Uh, Liverpool said we get a point. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and because we're at home against Chelsea, said we beat Chelsea as well. But I've said we beat, we'll get beat against United because it's away. Um, I've gone for three points against Arsenal, but I didn't take into account Arsenal are going to sack Henry. Oh, it doesn't matter. They're, they're coming to Goodison. They'll get. We can beat them at Goodison surely. Because if we don't beat Arsenal in that run, I'm even more worried then because we're sitting on five points in my in my weird maths table. So I just think that Arsenal they're very good going forward. If mm. they're if like Lacazette, Abamyang, they're, they're very good going forward. And I just don't think Emery will be there by that No, point. I don't. Marco Silva might not be. I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I think they, they'll be in the new manager bounce mode by that point because I think someone will come in. Yeah, possibly. Who, and it might even be you know, someone like Freddie Lundberg who's already on the coaching staff. Arteta. But, but we've seen it before where even someone on the coaching staff can give everyone a, a bounce, can't they? So. Mm. Well, to finish off, I've gone with a win against Burnley and I've gone with a win against Newcastle as well. They will beat Newcastle. <laughs> so that's 17 points out of 24. I'm you know what? Positive, you know what I mean? If we do... If we get all them points, I'll get you all of a Christmas present to sell you that. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Um, I've, I've, made a, I've made a note of them. So, in the new year, we'll, we'll obviously both get you back on uh, the podcast, which I'll get you on the same I board. hope I'm completely wrong and you're completely right, mm-hmm. to be honest. Well, we'll look, we'll look back at it and we'll see you as right. I'm happy to, to change, man, because I feel, I feel under pressure now. Oh, no, you can't change it now. I feel like maybe I've gone a bit too much with the Chelsea win, so I'm happy to, to drop that as a, a, as point, a point. And I'll take 15. Because I still sure. think we could... We could get a, a point against Liverpool if we play well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. We should have got a point last year. We did get a point the season before. So oh, yeah. Connor has gone for a negative eight. Ben has gone for a mid conservative, we'll a conservative say a very conservative eleven. 11 yeah. And I've gone for a, a positive, unrealistic <laughs> fifteen <laughs> you said to seventeen. I just think in that that run of games, though, it all depends the the start we get off against Leicester and Norwich as well. Yeah. I think if we beat Norwich and then we can go to Leicester and try and get something 
or you know we're, we're narrowly edged out then you give it but I think if we if we you know say we we scrape a draw against Norwich we go to Leicester and we're, we're, we're beaten convincingly hmm. all of a sudden then you go to Liverpool on the Wednesday <laughs> you know and it's like yeah. confidence and morale will be pretty low we, we get a heavy defeat there you're only into them the Saturday it just spirals out of control and doesn't a little bit because it's all about momentum I mean we've seen Definitely. we saw last year didn't we you know we got momentum we drew at Liverpool and then got a bit of momentum and you know, it's a, a really decent you know, sort of finish to the season we just can't afford to lose momentum early in that running because the game's coming that thick and fast and people will you don't want to get to the Boxing Day and we've picked up maybe a point or two getting to Boxing Day do you, you know what I mean it's I mean to make another case for I think as well and I think in that as well <laughs> we also have probably the biggest game of our season or one of the biggest games in that run of games yeah absolutely the league in, in, in the League Cup against Leicester yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that one that, 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 that was my that was, sorry, that was my 11th I counted that as do you think win. we're going to get through yeah I think we'll beat Leicester in the Carabao Cup at home Interesting. That, that was my 11th. What are you going to say? I was going to say, I reckon you do a poll on Twitter of all our points totals and see how many the Evertonians vote for. That's yeah. a good shout and then we'll see at the end because like I'd be interested to see what the consensus think well, obviously about Connor's being sort of... I don't well know. No, I don't know. I think Evertonians can be positive when the team aren't on the pitch, to be honest. So. I like it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. So I, I that cup game for me, I'd swap. I've put 11 points for that. I'd probably half them points if it meant we got through to the semi-final and we didn't draw Manchester City over two legs to be honest I, I just think pill. like whether people believe this or not like quite notorious under Silver to have our best performances against the bigger teams it's been mm-hmm. alluded to um, yeah. yeah I'm not saying we've always got the, the results that we should have got because we haven't but you know United's still terrible yeah, you're only basing your, your Arsenal results on the fact that Emery's getting sacked, so he might not get sacked. I, I just think Arsenal are there for the taking. Oh yeah, don't, don't get me on you, but yeah. you know, at the same time, I just I can't see him being there, you know, because I don't. They, they, you know, similar to I think Spurs with Pochettino, it's just, it's just hit the end of the roads, but it's hit the end of the roads in a quite fast way and a quite erratic way. Mm. Um, and I'll be honest, I, I'm actually quite surprised Emery's still there now. I, 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 yeah. I, I thought they would have got rid of him but Defo. then again you know look what happened last time I thought we should Amanda should be sacked in silver after Burnley he, you know he turned it round pretty much you know in the next block of games I think that the big thing now is though is that for Mark Silver is it's a, it's a long stretch now to the next international break mm. it's not like it, this, it was last time where he kind of had four or five games international break you know mini chunks of the season almost yeah. now I think it's the next international break's not till January, February time, February, is it? February or March. Yeah. I think it's February, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and, and in that, you know, in that this next run of big games, you've got a lot of big Premier League games, but you've also got the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup third round. Yeah. yeah. So there's, is, there's a lot of big yeah. games to be played, you know, a lot of big football to be played over the next, you know, six to eight weeks. The Christmas period will define roughly where we're going to probably finish for. And I think, you know, you don't want to get to that end of that Christmas period and be, uh, be lingering. In a, in a dangerous position do you, you want because to be well clear, don't you? you want to you want to be sort of going into that thinking well you know we're middle of the road yeah you know we we, put, we get five wins on the board and you know we, or we go five unbeaten we could be up there you don't want to be in a position where you, you need five wins just to get mid-table or you know just to give yourself a bit of breathing space yeah right okay well that is it for your view from the Gallery Fan Podcast this week Connor, thank you for coming on. Ben, thank you for coming on. We'll be back with the fan podcast and a whole host of other podcasts this week and next week, previewing the Norwich game with hopefully another Everton home win 
I've been Ian Crawl. Thank you for listening for the View from the Gladstone Fan Podcast on the Royal Blue Acast and iTunes channel. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.